Welcome to your podcast or mine, where the creative minds behind the mic are interviewed. Now, let's get things started. Here's your host, Sherry. Welcome to another episode of Your Podcaster Mind. I'm Sherry, and today I'm speaking with Todd, one of the creative minds behind the podcast, The Space Cadets. So, uh, Todd, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. I appreciate it. Hey, Sherry. No, we appreciate uh, you having us on to talk about our podcast, and we really love your show. So excited to be here. Thank you. So why don't you give a a brief premise about the podcast, and, and we'll go from there. Sure, sure. Yeah, so the Space Cadets podcast started as actually a text chain group between me and a couple of my friends. So we all happen to be avid space enthusiasts, everything from the physics of space to the scariness of it and the emptiness of it. And after sending about a bunch of articles to each other about different things related to space, one of us had the idea to make a podcast out of it. Uh, it seemed like a very low barrier to entry, uh, you know, a couple of cell phones and a computer and you can get up and running. And we didn't know if people would listen to it, if people would like it, how it would be received. And basically our goal here was to bring a very complicated topic down to earth a little bit, uh, pun completely intended, and make it more digestible uh, for, for the masses. And so we're learning as we go, but that's that's our goal behind the show. Yeah, but it, it's a lot of fun. I've listened to a whole bunch of your episodes, including the one with Colonel Mike Mullane, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. That was a really cool conversation that you had with them. I wanted to ask, uh, how did you meet your co-hosts? There are a total of five of you, I gather? You're better at keeping count of it than me. Uh, yeah, I think that's right, though. I think there's five of us. We are actually all childhood friends that have kept in touch for years. And just over time, you know, one of the things that we do is make text chains for everything to keep ourselves organized so we can always go back and find the funny pictures or clips or things that we've sent each other. And, you know, the five of us out of the 12 or so friends that we have from, from growing up have an interest in space. And so we decided, out of the five of us, to make the show. So what compelled you all to come together to podcast? Was there a specific person that was interested in broadcasting, or was it something that you were listening to podcasts, but they weren't really covering what you were looking for? What was the drive behind that? Yeah, a couple of different things, actually. I would say the first of which is there's a lot of newer podcasts that my friends and I have been listening to not related to space. You look at examples like Barstool Sports. We're, we're all big sports fans here in my group of friends, like the Joe Rogan Show podcast, just these really different takes on what a podcast is. You know, historically, we've listened to, you know, whether it's uh, NPR or, uh, you know, Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson, which is a bit more on topic to, to what we're doing here. But, you know, we like the casual nature and sort of the friendly back and forth, giving each other jabs here and there that we've heard on some of these newer podcast shows. And so, you know, we just came up with the idea space can be a very daunting topic. You know, when you start talking about the scale and size and speed of some of the things that happen up there, it, it could be something that gets very dense and a person who's not fully invested in learning about that could disconnect from it really quickly. And 
so we said to ourselves, there, there could be a little bit of a niche here if we could find a way to make it more relatable to the average person who's always thought about these things but never really understood the specifics behind it. And that's been our, that's been our focus. I have a background not in broadcast but in live performance, and so you know, I kind of took the initiative to get the show set up, and I work at a technology company, and so I've always been pretty comfortable with getting that component of it set up. And so, you know, it just all kind of came together back in, when did we start? Probably back in October of uh, this year. Yeah, it is fairly new, and you've released quite a few episodes so far. One thing that I really enjoy is the theme song. Where did you find that? It's a great question. So it's funny. Um, I am not an a art designer and not nearly good enough of a song composer to, to do that myself. So uh, the Internet's a beautiful thing. When we started uh, recording the podcast after we recorded the first episode, I actually went on to Fiverr.com, and I just searched for jingle makers and picked the top-rated guy. And for a very inexpensive fee, I gave him some pointers as to what I wanted the theme song to sound like. I wanted it to be a little punky, a little friendly. And, uh, you know, kind of talk about what we were doing on the show. And so he put that thing together in about a week, shipped it off to me. I said, it's perfect. We don't need any revisions. And we added that in there. And uh, the same goes for the logo. I I asked another gentleman on Fiverr, I said, can you make us a logo that's basically uh, includes space, beer, and an astronaut? And he came back with our logo. So, you know, between that and using Twitter as a mechanism to get people to listen to it, which that's something that I'm still learning on how to do properly. You know, it's uh, it's been sort of a crowdsourced effort, which has been really great. Yeah, I've used Fiverr before. In, in fact, for the bumpers, the intro and the outro, I, I used a, a couple of, of people on there. And, you know, but I was like, oh, my gosh, that's such a, a great theme song. It, it kind of along the lines of Big Bang Theory. So that was one of the things that really um, caught my ear was, was that. So kudos to whoever created it. It, it really provides a teaser as to what the podcast is going to sound like. It's not all serious and buttoned up. It's a bunch of guys that aren't like astrophysicists, but who love astronomy and things related to space. I I think it brings it together really well. Oh, well, I I appreciate that. And that's exactly what we were going for. You know, we want when people hear that to picture four or five guys sitting around a table, having a beer, talking about space. That's it. (laughs) So, since there are five of you, and obviously geographically, you have to record from different locations, but how do you record and then ultimately edit your episodes? Ooh, great question. So we are all geographically dispersed, with the exception of one episode, which was the first episode, where I had uh, one of the other gentlemen, Nathan, in my apartment with me, and he and I recorded. Uh, while some other folks were remote, we do everything completely remotely. So our process is we start up a Google Hangout. We've all invested in not the fanciest, but good enough microphones that we sound pretty clear. And we just join that Hangout. We record the Hangout session, have our conversation. Once that's done, you get emailed the, the recording of that. And what I do, I have some experience in video and audio editing. So what I'll do is I'll strip out the video from the file. I will bring that over uh, to my iPad, actually. And there's an app that I use. Oh, God, and I, now I'm blanking on the name of it. It'll come to me, and I'll, I'll say it later. But there's an app that I use because I like editing audio with my fingers. It's very easy. You can zoom in and in and in and remove some of the 
ums that I tend to say quite a bit, or the other word I say all the time is awesome. So I look for those throughout the podcast. Other than that, there's not much editing. It's just removing some of our ums and, and awesomes. And then what I do from there is I pitch it back, pitch it back to uh, pitch it back to my computer, and I open it up in GarageBand. And same way you mentioned your bumpers, intro and outro, I have a template set up with our intro and outro, and I put it in there. I make sure the levels sound good, export it, and then we use uh, a great great platform uh, called Anchor to distribute our podcast to all the major podcast channels, everything from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, as well as a number of of others. So it, it's really a streamlined process. You know, we're going to be recording an episode this evening uh, talking about meteors and asteroids, and we'll record that for probably about an hour. And the whole editing process should take me less than 45 minutes once we wrap that up, and the episode will be out tomorrow. Oh, that's pretty cool. So how often are you releasing episodes, or is it just based upon your collective schedules? Another great question. So actually, I remember the name of the app I use is Ferrite, F-E-R-R-I-T-E, on my iPad. I knew that was going to come to me. So our goal originally was to record once every other week. After we recorded the first one, we had so much fun, we started doing weekly. And so for the past six episodes, we've put one out every week. Now, we all have full-time jobs, and some of us have kids, and there's you know, obviously life things get in the way, especially during the holidays. So I will admit that we've slacked for the last week and a half, but we're trying to get back on track and continue up with the weekly releases. That's actually one other piece of that is it's the benefit of having five folks as part of the crew here because, you know, like tonight, for example, it'll be myself and one of our featured cadets, Alex, who's on been on a couple of our episodes that'll be talking, but just the two of us because that's all that was available today. And the next episode might have three or four people, but it's great because we can adjust to people's schedules and ensure that at least somebody can make it. So you did recently interview Colonel Mike Mullane. He's an astronaut, and he released a book. How did you get that interview, and are you working on others? Oh, yeah. This is actually a fantastic story. So I didn't really know how to go about getting in touch with astronauts. You know, it's not something that they publicize their email addresses on NASA's website or make it very easy to reach out to them. So I had this wonky idea. I said, let me go on LinkedIn and sign up for a free trial of LinkedIn Gold. And if you don't know what that is, LinkedIn Gold allows you to send people messages without them being connected to you. But the catch is you're limited to 15 a month. So I didn't want to pay for LinkedIn Gold. So I had my one month, 15 invites or 15 messages rather, and that was all I was working with. And so my wife and I were heading off to vacation for our uh, wedding anniversary. And in the airport, I came up with this idea. And I went on LinkedIn, signed up for LinkedIn Gold, and I searched astronaut. And the first 15 people that popped up were the first 15 people that got the same canned message from me. And two of those folks responded. One was Colonel Mike Mullane. And I know it sounds like I'm, I'm casted a wide net and was just hoping for anything, but I couldn't have asked for a better person to respond because you know, if you haven't heard the episode yet, it's super engaging. He's such an interesting uh, guy. And if you have heard it, you, then you, you already know that. But I got a response back from him. And so we set up some time to talk with him about his journeys into space, his time in the Air Force, as well as his book that he had written called Riding Rockets. And then I got a second response from another gentleman who I won't name yet because we haven't locked in officially if he'll be on the show. But he has actually walked on the moon. And we're hoping to get him on the show in the new year. And 
so that was that was the first sort of iteration of finding guests that were pertinent to the content that we're putting out. We've also been in contact with someone from the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence Institute, or uh, SETI, which is uh, something we've mentioned in our second episode about aliens on our podcast. And we're hopeful to get her to uh, to join the show as well and give us some insight as to what our government is doing and uh, organizations are doing to search for extraterrestrial life. I'm going to ask you about that a little bit later on. <laughs> so, sure, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I I love opinions about this because it's so divided. You mentioned that you debuted in October of 2019, so you're pretty new. So have there been any resources that has helped you out along the way? I have watched countless YouTube videos late at night just trying to see tips and tricks. I got to tell you, the biggest thing that's made the most difference for us is just getting better equipment. It doesn't take, you know, thousands of dollars to do it. We all have, you know, $50 microphones, but the sound quality, you'll hear the difference as our episodes have progressed. And it's funny as more and more of the people, and now we all have one, but as, you know, the first episode, there was one good microphone and then there was everybody else on Apple headphones. And by the second episode, out of the four of us, there was probably two and two and then three out of four and then four out of four by the uh, more recent episodes. You know, that's been the, the biggest game changer. Uh, definitely something I picked up while watching videos on YouTube. But in terms of how to keep things moving in the podcast, how to make sure it, it keeps interesting and it's not just a stale conversation, one of my favorite podcasts to watch and, and listen to is the Joe Rogan podcast. And what I like about that podcast is not only can you listen to it, but he also publishes every episode as a video online. And you can kind of see the dynamic as he's conversing with these uh, people that he interviews. And as a result of that, I think you gain a lot more insight as to the process behind building a show. And I found that that to be extremely valuable. So it's, you know, we're, we're all like sponges, right? It's just the, the more we're exposed to, the more we can absorb. So, you know, listening to episodes of other podcasts or as you continue to to grow and increase your episodes, you always learn something, whether it's in the editing or the conversation that you're having with someone that you're interviewing or along with other co-hosts, too. I think every episode you learn something new. Absolutely, yeah. And would love your feedback. What do you think? How are we doing so far? We're about to record episode seven. What pointers would you give us? I like it. I haven't heard anything that I don't like, so that's all I have to say. I love different perspectives. Getting someone who maybe isn't a believer in aliens would be interesting to have on, or an astrophysicist. I haven't been bored listening. Every episode has improved, so that's Usually every podcast well, we that I, well, I was going to say listening to to you know a couple of your of your podcasts uh, some of the more the the recent ones that you've done they were great you know we've spent some time checking them out everybody's excited that I was coming on the show to speak with you tonight and then everybody made the joke that it's like we we made the big leagues getting on the show you know so we we thank you and and we have all the same <laughs> positive feedback to send your way more like the minor leagues because I I just started in August myself, so I'm still learning and and I love it. I'm having fun though, so that's the most important part of what you say about podcasting. You're speaking with your friends and you're having a good time doing it. It's something that obviously all of you guys enjoy it. So, 
and you have for years. So it, you could tell. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What would you say is the most challenging part about podcasting now? I would boil it down to two things. Um, the first is organizing when and where we're going to do the recording. So I mentioned before, everybody's got vastly different schedules and a lot of us travel for work and it's often a hard uh, job to, to corral everybody in, into a time that makes sense. And you have some people that can't make it last minute. And so, you know, being a remote show, that's sort of a pet project for everybody as opposed to, you know, a, something that we're um, committed to from like a career perspective. That's, that's probably a, the biggest challenge I would say. And, and, and then the other one is, is more falls on my lap, which is, you know, I, we're all the hosts. Not, not one of us is the, the main feature, but because I'm sort of organizing it and ensuring that everything kind of flows through during the show, prior to every episode, I have, you know, anywhere from three to five pages of notes about the topic that we're covering. We don't share notes before the show because I don't want it to be scripted and I don't want it to seem scripted. So I like to be caught off guard by the comments that my colleagues make. And I find it's really good if I do a lot of prep work you know, they can make a comment that's completely organic. And then through my research, I have something to say in, as a result of that or vice versa. And I like that dynamic better than saying, hey, guys, here's the eight different things we're going to cover today. And here's some things you should study up on. So everybody knows the topic going in. They know the general flow of where we're going to start and finish. But doing the research as well is, is a lot of fun for me personally, but it's challenging as the person driving the conversation to be paying as much attention to the content being spoken and not sort of just planning for what the next transition is going to be within the conversation, if that makes sense. So that's stuff that I'm getting better at, I think, uh, as we work through these different episodes, but certainly something I identified as a challenge going into this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so how has it improved or changed your life in a positive way? Well, I'm much more cognizant of my saying um and uh, amazing and awesome all the time. So that's really great. I, I spend a lot of time on the phone talking to people at my full-time job every day. So uh, between that and kind of putting on the, the podcast voice, right, I, I think that's positively impacted my telepresence. And in terms of, you know, collecting the information for each show, as we progress through the episodes, I'm starting to understand that, you know, you don't need an entire paragraph written out about specific things. You just need little tidbits here and there. If you start putting too many facts or too many little granular details into the talk track, then what happens is the show loses what it's meant to be, which is fun, lighthearted, and sort of a higher level than that. And we don't want to always go down into these long rabbit holes. I think in the beginning, we were so focused on sounding smart that we probably lost people's interest much earlier in the episodes than maybe we do in the later ones. Yeah. So uh, it's it's funny because Nathan, or Nate, as you call him, one of the hosts was in New York City, and he was saying that it's it's extremely difficult to see a star in the sky. And so... <laughs> <laughs> he's so going he to love he takes it all in. <laughs> well, yeah, he's he's, he's going to love it. We all—that's our favorite. Uh, so, so an insider joke, and I, I don't mean to cut you off. Our insider joke is our favorite line that's ever been spoken on the podcast and these episodes so far is Nathan saying, uh, "I love space. I live in the city, so I don't see stars. But sometimes when I leave the city, I see stars." <laughs> <laughs> 
that's been our favorite line that's been uttered on the entire show. So he's going to love that you brought that up. Well, it's funny that you say that because I had a friend who who lived in New York City too, and sometimes I would take him and and leave and go to the Poconos where I lived, and uh, you know there were stars all over the place. So <laughs> I can only imagine that, awesome. that Nathan's the same way. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, he is, and and he's a very astute mind. He's uh, definitely one of the smartest of all of us. I don't think I know anybody who's read more than. Then Nathan, you know, he's currently a, a student at a very prestigious university, and he's doing big things. So we try and keep up with his beautiful mind. <laughs> so is there any advice you'd give to someone that is starting out that wants to podcast? Yeah, just do it. Nike had it right in their slogan. I mean, it's one of those things where I don't think you're going to know what you what you know how to do until you just go ahead and do it. And as I mentioned before, the barrier to entry to getting started is there is none, right? You can turn on your computer. You don't even need headphones and you can just record whatever you're interested in directly into that microphone on your computer or your phone or your iPad or whatever you have accessible to you and upload it. You know, I mentioned Anchor as a platform before. It, there was there was no work involved other than setting up an account, setting up some imagery and posting it. You know, they even give you sound bites and things like that. So I would tell any of your listeners thinking about starting a podcast, there's no reason not to, you know, maybe people will listen, maybe they won't, but you'll have a lot of fun doing it. You'll feel accomplished that you got it done. Uh, I, I can tell you there's no better feeling than getting set up to record a podcast, finishing it and saying, wow, that was actually a lot better than, uh, than I expected it to be. So I'd say just get out and do it, learn from your mistakes and keep improving. Okay, so here's the question that I was going to ask, and I'm sure that I pretty much know the answer to this, but I have to ask it. So do you or any of the co-hosts believe in extraterrestrials and or UFOs? That's an awesome question. So first I'll answer the UFO part. The term UFO is defined as unidentified flying objects, and so to assume it's an alien right off the bat is just us being a little biased. Uh, given the way the, the acronym UFO is used uh, most commonly. And I didn't make that up. That was uh, something that Neil deGrasse Tyson said that really stuck with me from one of his interviews. But personally, my belief in terms of aliens is that, uh, is that they absolutely exist. I am 100% convinced that there are aliens. I am also 100% convinced that they've never been to Earth. And I am very, very uh, bearish on them on us making contact anytime in the near future. And uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that for a moment. I'm not sure if that was the answer that you expected or didn't expect, but I'm happy to delve into the why of that as well, if you'd like. Oh, yeah. I, I would like to know why you think they haven't been here. So or, or, if you think of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you think about the scale of our universe, and, and I'm going to probably butcher some of these numbers, right? But you think about how long we've been sending signals out into space, right? So if you, if you think about that, it's, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of the, you know, 74, 75 years, something like that, that our humanity, our civilization, human beings have been sending signals into the heavens, into space. Now, if you take into account how fast light can travel, which is the speed at which those radio waves move, um, which is very, very fast that they would have made it about 75 light years away from earth. So you picture earth as a little 
marble or a little BB, and then you picture a 75 a 75 light year sphere sort of surrounding that, right? So that's our sphere of influence. That's how much signal we've sent out. Now, the Milky Way galaxy, and I'm going off, off the cuff here, the Milky Way galaxy, which is our home galaxy, is something like 105,000 light years across. So if you think about the, the proportions of where we've reached in that galaxy, just this galaxy, compared to the entire size of the galaxy and then the size of the universe, it's basically just in our galaxy the equivalent of taking a BB from a, from a pellet gun and dropping that in the bottom of an Olympic-sized swimming pool and expecting one of the swimmers up top to notice it, right? And so my feeling is that aliens would just find us so hard to, to get in contact with if they're in our galaxy and if they're outside of our galaxy and there's trillions of other galaxies out there all bigger, around the same size, maybe a little bit smaller than our own, there's just, it's such a big needle in a haystack that I don't believe that we've had the opportunity yet to, to interact with these aliens. You know, I think that, you know, whether it's Area 51 or Bob Lazar and Roswell, New Mexico, and all these things, I can't explain some of the things that people have seen. And, you know, my own family, I'm from Long Island, New York, and my aunt and uncle just called me a few weeks ago, knowing that I'm very interested in this stuff, and sent me cell phone footage of four dots in the sky, and a lot of other people saw it, and it was all over Twitter. Can I explain it? Absolutely not, but uh, I also don't jump to the conclusion that just because you can't explain it, it has to be aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of in the belief system that I don't want to sound weird, but I think that there's something I think that there's definitely something out there, and I think that they've visited. I can't understand or, or grasp how so many documented interactions with something. I, I can't explain it. Listen, if aliens showed up tomorrow, I'd be the first person in line to shake their hand. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that at some point in my lifetime, I have the opportunity to to meet them. I, I think it's much more likely in the near-term future that we're going to go, whether it's through SpaceX or Blue Origin or NASA with the Artemis Project, I have a feeling we're going to go land on the moon. We're going to go look into some craters. We're going to find some ice blocks and who knows, maybe some microorganisms that have been frozen there. I think that's a lot more likely than uh, than little green men stepping out of their ship to, to sh- shake our hands anytime in the, uh, the near future. The other thing is, right. you know, if, they, if there are little, little, little green men that decided to, to come to Earth, if you sort of think about what life, primitive or otherwise, looks to achieve, it's to grow and it's to expand and it's to, you know, unfortunately sometimes, but fortunately some other times, you know, be in control. And you got to question some of the motives if an advanced civilization came to Earth and said, this is ours now, or, or hey, we're, we're here in peace, but are you really, right? So I would be super pumped if I woke up tomorrow and found out there was aliens in Washington, D.C., and we can get in line and go meet them and ask them all these questions. But I think we got a lot to think about with that. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned that uh, your podcast is listed with Anchor, and you could be heard on Apple and Spotify and Google. But how can people reach you on social media? Is there a website that people can contact you to maybe uh, give you feedback or offer a suggestion um, they might want you to cover? Yeah, and actually we'd really encourage that because we have a whole list of topics that we're planning to cover. 
But we don't – one of the other things that's great about being so new is we're not really stuck to any one format. And one of the things that the guys made sh- wanted me to make sure that I mentioned on the show is, A, that you can contact us through Twitter. Our call sign is at Space Cadets Show. Uh, so follow us there. Again, that's at Space Cadets Show. And as you're listening to the show, start thinking about the space topics or the astronomy topics or even the physics topics that you're interested in. And let us know. We'd be more than happy to take user-submitted ideas and turn those into episodes and, frankly, maybe even bring on some of those people who submitted that content onto the show to ask them their opinion on those things. So all these ideas are things that we've been throwing around, and I appreciate the opportunity on your show to give a little publicity to that because we think that would be awesome. Yeah. So is there anything that I didn't ask that you would like to cover or add? No, I I think you got it all. What was something that you heard on the show that just really surprised you? Well, not surprised me. I come from a physics background myself, and I love astronomy and things like that. I enjoyed the, the first episode, the black hole episode, because there were some things that I didn't know about that you covered. I I really enjoyed the uh, discussion that you had with the colonel, Mike Moline. I especially liked um, his story about growing up and making all those inventions in his garage and <laughs> the support of his parents helped him launch his career, so to speak. So. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd really recommend reading his book, Riding Rockets. It's actually way funnier than you think it would be. I picked it up thinking it was just going to be a memoir or an autobiography of a guy just talking about his time. I don't know if your if your show allows explicit content, so I'll, I'll spare you. But he gets into pretty graphic details of some things that everybody always wonders about astronauts, but doesn't really get the opportunity to ask. And I think if we had a little bit more time with him, we probably would have delved into some of that on our show because I was cracking up reading his book. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, you know, I really enjoyed that conversation. So you find out how it led to a storied career. So I, I really liked that. I love the show. So I'll continue to listen. So with that, do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share to people just discovering yours, or people who have been listening uh, to the Space Cadets? Sure. So first of all, thank you, Sherry, so much for the time today and for being on your show. I I know you, you, like us, are a little bit new, although you're a little bit more tenured than we are, but your show is fantastic. And so we really appreciate you inviting us on and giving us the opportunity to speak to your listeners. And for all of your listeners out there who are maybe slightly interested in space, aliens, or even just the fact that we're all free-falling through a big empty void that nobody knows what it is and you want some more information on that, We try and do our best to boil it down to simple facts that everybody can digest. And if nothing more than than some great Christmas table conversation, right, or or after the holidays when this airs, uh, maybe it's a little bit before February and you want to impress your date on Valentine's Day, uh, you'll get some little bits of uh, knowledge, little tidbits that you can kind of store away in your brain with each episode. And that's our goal. We want to make this as relatable as possible bring the heavens and space down to earth, allow you to understand that a little bit more, and then hopefully be a bigger fan of everything that our world is doing to advance ourselves into the solar system. 
Well, Todd, thank you so much for coming on to your podcast, Jemai, to talk about uh, the Space Cadets. It's a, a really fun show, and I enjoy listening to you and your co-hosts and your friends talking about everything space. So thank, thank you again so much. Thank you very much for having us, Sherry. Have a great holiday. Thank you, and thank you to everyone listening to your podcast, Jemai, and we'll chat soon.